Let us pray. Lord, we come before you this morning with our whole hearts, seeking, yearning, pleading, Lord, for your spirit, for your presence, for your comfort, for your strength to once again come and fill us. Lord, it's been another tough week, and uh, as we, I know, in Shelby County look to, to get out a little bit more, we realize those across the state and across multiple states, we're learning how to live differently, to work differently, to fellowship differently. Lord, we're learning how to worship differently, but thank goodness you are the same God in the same place and is fully available today as you were yesterday, as you were eight weeks ago. And so come, Lord, may your spirit be felt amongst us in our homes, on our couches, in our rooms, here in this sanctuary. Lord, send your spirit upon us, open us, that we may feel and know you more abundantly today than we did before we came. In your name we pray. Amen. Can you believe that May is here? What do you think of when we enter the month of May? Share or speak it out loud. Share it with somebody if somebody's with you or post it on Facebook. What do you think of as we enter this month of May? A few things come to my mind. Fresh strawberries. Love fresh strawberries. Outdoors and the end of school. Now, unfortunately for many, school ended a lot sooner than anticipated, and others have had to go to school differently or remotely. When I think of outdoors and the end of school at this time of year, I think of field trips. Did you like field trips? Do you remember going on field trips? Or kids, do you remember field trips? Parents, do you remember field trips of how fun they were? I know for my kids, field trips started kind of small. You stayed local and you went to the post office or maybe even the fire station or police station. Then you got to venture a little further out and go to the zoo, someplace like that. Maybe you then got to go to a city outside of where you live, like Union City and Discovery Park. And then the cities got further away and bigger, like St. Louis and D.C. Have you been to St. Louis? Do you, do you like St. Louis? Or St. Louis is a place that there's an abundance of activities to do. I mean, there's the Cardinals ball games if they get to play them this year. There's the City Museum, which is, it seems to be a blast. There's free zoo and science museum if you hit it on the right day. There's Grant's Farm to go to. There's Forest Park and the Muni Theater in, in St. Louis. It's a fun outdoor theater to be a part of. And the food. You got to go to eat on the hill, the Italian on the hill, and, and afterwards go to Ted Drew's for that frozen custard. There's abundance of activities in St. Louis, but do you know what the most popular attraction in St. Louis is? Anybody? It's the arch. That's right, it's the Gateway Arch. Over a million visitors visit the arch in St. Louis every year. The arch is 630 feet tall. It was built in the early 60s at the cost of $15 million. And what's fascinating, again, in the early 60s, before computer technology, they started it on opposite sides, and the arch had to come together in 1 64th of an inch in order for it to fit perfectly together at the top. And it did. Why is it called the Gateway Arch? Why is St. Louis considered to be the Gateway City? 
because it was through St. Louis that people migrated west to a, to a new hopeful world to take on the Oregon Trail. Lewis and Clark Expedition is just one of those many examples. But I know you're not in school, so what I really want to share today with you is about a gateway of a different kind to another amazing place that we migrate toward abundant and joyful living with God. It's not about monuments you see or entertaining things to do, but it's a spiritual place through which we all must travel to God. Jesus tells us about this place through the imagery of a shepherd and his sheep. Who's the shepherd? Who are the sheep? And what is it that God offers us through that? Take your Bibles, the Bibles that I hope you've been reading this week, the Bibles that are sitting right next to you or, or maybe just out of your reach. Go get it. Bring it with you. Let us turn to the Gospel of John together, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. John chapter 10, verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The, gate the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they, he, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. This is the word of God for us, the children of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. I found myself discouraged this week. Perhaps you have been there too. I hope that we would be back to worship in May, but it seems that it'll be toward the end of the month that before we can. I also began to sense this frustration and bitterness that's seeping out from people because we've been isolated for seven weeks. It began the first few weeks with generosity and kindness and compassion, but we're beginning to see another side my list of projects at home that I kept to occupy me in any free time. That list has begun to dwindle down. I think it's finally all caught up with me. And I hit a wall. Begin to bump up against a, a wall. For me, it's been full steam ahead. Figuring it out. Working it out. Sorting it out. 
I like to keep busy. I, I like to have things to do and to get things done. But I found myself running out of steam. And then I read this verse. Isaiah 41.10. Take your pencil, take your, your pen, write it down. 41.10 from Isaiah. Do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be afraid, in some translations, or discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Let's hear that verse again. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you I will uphold you with my victorious right hand God was with me God is with me God is with us God is holding us he's he's been with us the whole time I've tried to share his love and his hope with many people but I confess I was more focused on sharing it than receiving it I was choosing, though I didn't realize it, to embrace only half the truth. We want happiness and hope for others. But there are times when we need to embrace that joy and fulfillment for ourselves. That is not something we can find in others or others can make for us. There's only one decision that leads to an abundant and fulfilling life. And that's a choice to follow God through accepting Christ. Christ is the gateway to God. Christ is the gateway to God. He leads the way. We don't. Christ is the gateway to God. He leads the way. We don't. One of the greatest images we are given of Christ is him as a shepherd and us as his sheep. Now, shepherds belong to a village. They, they work for a village, and the village often owned the sheep. And Kevin began to tell you some more about how sheep lived and the role of a shepherd. Sheep were mostly used for their wool. And Christ, in today's passage, makes two references to the sheep in the places they stay. One is during the summertime or during the warm season, and one is during the winter time. Let's look at the winter time. The sheep often stayed in a communal sheephold in the sense that all the sheep of all the shepherds of that village had, had all the sheep together in one place. They could only enter through the gate, and it was only the gatekeeper that had a key to the gate. Look at verse 3 of the passage, John 10, verse 3. This is what Jesus is talking about in this verse this morning. It's the gatekeeper who opens the door for him. Remember, there are many different shepherds and there are many different sheep who are all staying together. But the sheep know their master's voice. So when a shepherd goes to get his sheep, all he has to do is to call out. And do you know what the sheep who are, are, are his? They know his voice and they hear it and they come to follow him. But do you know what those who don't know his voice? They walk away or ignore it. So that was the summer, I mean, excuse me, that was the winter season. Let's look at the summer season, the warm season. Verse 9 of today's scripture in John chapter 10. 
refers to that gate during the warm season. Now, the shepherds didn't come into this communal living with all the sheep during the warm season. They could go further out. They could be gone for days and days and days. And so if they were out feeding their sheep, they had to find a safe place to stay at night. So sometimes they would get thorn bushes together and, and they would be circled around or, or sometimes they would have a place under a rock with rocks built up like a wall that there was only one entrance. Whether it was the entrance through the rocks or the entrance into the thorn bushes, there's one place to enter. And as, as Kevin had said, that in that place is where the shepherd would stand or sleep. One way in, one way out, you had to go through the shepherd. But an amazing thing that the shepherd would often do is, is as the sheep were coming to stay in that place or makeshift pen, he would stand in the doorway and, and sometimes his legs would be like an arch and, and the sheep would go through his legs and he would put his hands on his sheep to see if there were any thorns or injuries that needed to be removed or taken care of. For the sheep to enter the pen, they must go through the gate, which was the shepherd. You imagine this role of a shepherd was a pretty tough role. But a beautiful image that God has for us and the depth of care that he offers for us. Here's a question I had to ask myself and I ask you this morning. Have you taken time to let Christ as your shepherd hold you, care for you? Have you been willing to let your worries, your fears, your pains, your struggles be placed into the arms of Christ? Have you stopped to let Christ be your great shepherd? During this time of social isolation, there's a temptation to walk through so many doors. So many doors that beg for our attention and make promises. Promises that our problems will be solved or will be free from our burdens. Or our financial woes will no longer be a problem. The decisions we make, the choices we make determine who we are and who we become and the life that we will live. But sometimes we've got to stop. Sometimes we've got to let go. Sometimes we have to let God. We will not find or experience fulfillment or joy on our own. There's only one way that will satisfy our deepest longings, and that's a road through Jesus Christ. But Jesus is much more than just a shepherd to lead us through the world. He's the gatekeeper. He's the way to a brighter, more hopeful, more abundant world. So what does it mean for the church to live as Jesus' sheep? Who Jesus is determines who the community is. In other words, we can't separate the church from who Jesus is. So let me ask another question. What would it take for us as the church to live with glad and generous hearts? What would it take for us as the church to live with glad and generous hearts? Then we must receive and reflect the unconditional love that Christ offers us.
it boils down to what this whole worship series is about is it's a matter of the heart. The gate serves two functions. Two functions, to keep the evil out and to keep the good in. We can't always determine that for ourselves. We often don't have the willpower to make that decision for ourselves. Only the gatekeeper can. And when the gatekeeper for us is Jesus, he becomes that filter through which we look at and interact with the world. He becomes the standard by which we make our decisions. What do we find with Jesus as a gatekeeper? We find forgiveness. We, forgot, we find a way of love. And we find joy. Joy and abundant living. To know Jesus and to follow him is to have abundant life. When we try to live our own life or, or try to live on our own power, Eventually, life becomes dull, disillusioned, or dispirited. But when we walk with Jesus and with others, when we walk with Jesus and we live also for others, we experience new vitality, new purpose, new meaning, life worth living, and true happiness. In other words, we begin to live or live again for the first time or the second. Christ is willing to stand in the door for us. And he knows. He knows his sheep. And the sheep know the shepherd's voice. But it's not enough to just hear that voice. It's not enough to just yearn for that voice. We must walk through the gate. Not just a makeshift gate during the summertime of the season, perhaps, that we're in. But also in those winter times of our life, perhaps this season is one of those for you. But may we know that the gate is open and the shepherd beckons us and awaits. He awaits to take us on a journey, a field trip, one that we'll always remember with Jesus as our guide. I conclude with this verse in Revelations 3, verse 20. Write that down. Revelations 3, verse 20. Jesus says, Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. What a beautiful image that we are given today in this chapter of John of who Christ is for us as our shepherd and who we are as his sheep. May we hear his call. May we be willing to respond. And may we lay that which burdens us or disillusions us at his feet to know that he seeks to hold us and guide us through the days ahead. That's good news that you can count on. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.
So Jesus says that he'll come to us and eat with us and us with him. Now we invite you to begin to prepare for this, this love feast. And Linda is going to come and share some words that will prepare us for that. To have a drink or, or have some food available as we begin to anticipate this celebration with God that we make and as the community.